Hi, and welcome to our brand new ERP Wizard season, where we will dive deep into the secrets behind ERP with top-level professionals as well as interesting growth companies. Our experts are going to share their tips and tricks for building a winning ERP strategy based on their experiences from hundreds of ERP implementations. While listening to this season, you will get to know where to start while creating your own ERP strategy, how to choose the right ERP for your business, and how to build a winning ERP implementation team. You will also hear more about the common pitfalls within ERP implementations and how to avoid them. My name is Enni Ruuhilahti and I will be your host today. In our first episode, we cut into what kind of symptoms indicates that the business might benefit from ERP, as well as how and where to start building the winning ERP strategy. With me on this episode, I'm honored to have two amazing guests. Our experienced ERP consultant and partner, Riku Venno. Warmly welcome. Thank you, Andy. It's my pleasure to be here. And then the other exciting guest today is Happy or Not's director of business services, Esa Vasara. Great to have you here today. Warmly welcome, Esa. Thank you. Good to be here. Riku has gained experience from hundreds of ERP implementations within different industries in different countries. At GreenStep, he works as a partner and is the head of our NetSuite services. Esa comes from Happy or Not, one of the hottest international growth companies in Finland at the moment. He has a broad experience within their product management, as well as their deployment management, ensuring the company uses the latest state-of-the-art technology, platforms, tools and processes. So to start with, could you, Riku, tell us a bit about your background, how you got interested in ERP and why NetSuite? Yeah, uh, I have been working with different business solutions about 15 years now. And originally I have technical back backgrounds. So I have been doing lots of web de- development and in- integrations and, and so on. Uh, and that was kind of accidentally, I, I, I turned to do some development with, with uh, in, in the ERP world. And I have been uh, working also also in, in a way that how we renew kind of old ERPs, cr- creating new uh, user interfaces and so on. Uh, but of course, ERP is the heart of the of the uh, company's uh, business processes and also finance side, and and it's also kind of must-have in, in every company, although it could be really small, just just purely for accounting and, and that, that side, but still it is it is ERP. And and uh, in NetSuite world, I have uh, the first first touch, personal touch with NetSuite was 2015. And, and then at that time, NetSuite was here in the Nordics, quite new. There was only a couple of customers 
in in Finland and so on. But what what was really interesting, and that was the time when when uh, I was in the group that we we looked for a new ERP solution and and why why NetSuite was was the chosen one was that it was uh, the only one was was really really international at the time and, and, and localized in many many different countries and that was the in in, in personally for me that was the most uh, interesting interesting uh, thing because it not it was not just done in the in the one country and it was not working perfectly in in one specific country but in general level it it handled the global global processes and finance really well so and and now after 7 years with working in in that platform uh, it of course has been developing a lot thank you riku for telling more about your interesting um, career story and what led you to work here at GreenStep. Uh, next, I would ask uh, the same question from Esa. Could you tell us a bit about your background and happy or not as a company? Yeah, happy to do that. So yeah, my name is Esa Vasara. I'm director of business services, basically meaning the director of IT. I have been in company since 2012. Uh, so almost 10 years soon, and Happy Not is a Tampere-based company. I was actually the employee number 10, so we have seen a lot of growth before and after my joining the company. But the Happy Not, you know, it's, it's a company that tries to make the capturing customer feedback very simple. So we have, at this point, I think 1.5 billion feedbacks uh, collected, you know, And we operate in 130 countries, so we are very international. And most of you are known of our physical smiley devices that you see in various shops, which just simply ask that, uh, are you happy for the service you received or something similar? And, and of course, it's very simple for the users, and that's why we gave, get a lot, lot more feedback than traditional traditional methods. And, and of course, it gives a very extensive analytics for the users of that company so you see when, when where are your pain points and etc et so so simple idea but but that there's a lot of work to make that work uh, also in my previous role i worked with in the crm and erp field or, or with with those products so being happy to see see different crm erp products Uh, then and now in, in Happy or Not. And I think they are fascinating in a sense that they, because I'm interested in processes and like how the company operates and what's it, what, what is its, uh, what its main kind of a processes are that, that when you work with ERPs and CRMs, you can actually control how, how the company provides value to the customer. So that's why it's interesting for me. Thank you, Esa. I think uh, most of our listeners, as well as myself, we have tried uh, Happy or Not uh, products. And uh, next, I would like to ask from uh, Riku, 
What are the most common issues which usually communicate that the company can benefit from an ERP system? Yeah, of course, when when we are talking about uh, ERPs with uh, with uh, with the companies or when companies are are thinking that might they need some new system or much larger system than before and uh, of course in case uh, there might be some wrong expectations or 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 that sense that they they because i think uh, more or less what companies need they don't need erp but they they need proof their processes and data transparency that they see how they are today and how they will be in the future but of course the big big reason is growing and, and scaling when when companies are are growing they cannot do all the all the uh, needed processes manually for example uh, could be supply chain management or project project business or in that sense in in some some point it can be done done with really really manual but but uh, the growing is the most common thing that the companies start thinking about about uh, ERPs and and the first topic is is um, as almost all, always is the financial management so how how I can handle the, the financial management side and the international growth is also uh, could be really early stage that we need to handle also more than one one country and in nowadays really important topic is also a data data security and how you manage the company's data so it needs to be kind of uh, in managed uh, in, in good manners and and that, that all the all the all the uh, needed data is, is in the safe place also. But uh, I think when when we start talking about uh, companies or, or I have been talking with thousands of companies or hundreds of companies that that what is the common issues is I think that the grow, growing and, and scaling is, is the com- most common common thing that that company needs needs some kind of systems to to handle all of course it's not it's not in every case needed a big ERP it could be also kind of uh, integrated integrated whole system and and, and and that sense I think but some place should be the one 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 common place but it could be also bi bi platform not not uh, not ERP where you can manage all your all your business data. What kind of challenges did you set out to solve with ERP in the very very first beginning at Happy or Not Esa? Yeah, that's a good good question. So the early years were of course crazy. You know, we we had positive problems. Of course, they don't feel positive when you're working there to to solve them. Day and night, and, and by positive problems, I mean that the heavy growth that you know orders were coming in, you know, everywhere, piling up 
you know, were really struggling to deliver what, what was needed. So kind of handle to handle the growth. So that's that's one thing. And of course, as I'm IT director of IT, I'm I want to be how would I say correctly positively lazy in a mean meaning that, that I don't want when I choose a platform I don't want to ever change it again so I wanted to find the best pieces of the puzzle so that I don't need to change that particular thing again but uh, mainly I guess our challenges were that, that like many many companies who have a lot of subsidiaries that you have different systems consolidation problems Excel sheets different like bookkeeping agencies that try to communicate and consolidate things that it's just I, I'm, I'm very bad with analytics but maybe thinking that we choose the right ship and, and get everybody on board and then we start fixing the ship so so that was the main main thing first that we get a good platform that we never, never need to change again and then get at least everybody using the same system and then, of course, there's a lot of work to do, but that was the initial challenge that I think we solved quite, quite well. That is, I think, the really good approach that, that because when you are growing fast and you are early stage with your company, you, you just need the platform that you know that it will keep up in your changes because you never know that what even your business model can be changed in the future. So. Yeah, that, that's actually, and I want to add to that, that many times you can choose like the best system for your current needs, and that's fine, but as we see, the world is changing rapidly, a lot of times, even in, within the same year, so we need to be sure that if there is a need to change, we just need money or a person who can develop the system, and we can develop the system and not get the answer that you sometimes hear in this circle, that, that no, no can do, there's a hard limit and there's nothing you can do. That's very nasty thing when your business is changing and you would need to change. Yeah. So flexibility needs to be there yeah. all the time. You can do you, you can do many of ERP implementations, but you can do that also that, that the platform is the same. Same. So that is really really much easier than if you need to need to change the system as well. Yeah. Well, uh, how do you utilize uh, the ERP in everyday work life? Or what kind of common daily challenges have you easily solved thanks to your ERP, ESA? Yeah, it's a good good question. So we eventually we ended up to the combination of uh, Salesforce and NetSuite. So in my understanding then and maybe now, that's the best thing you can buy, buy with money for our situation. So, so we have a unique unique business model where we deliver SaaS software as a service with hardware, which, which just makes it 100 times more difficult. But kind of the main challenges that we were able to solve were that, you know, because we have many subsidiaries, we can kind of, we have the consolidated view of where we are going as a company with numbers, we can close the books fast. That's not an easy thing to do if, if, if there's a lot of, lot of things there. And, and because I said, as, as I said, we operate in more than 130 countries with multiple business partners. We 
we operate with multiple currencies. You know, we we have a transaction fees. You know, credit card settlements. We have a maybe credit card fees in different currencies. We do cash matching problems. All of what I said is more or less automatized. But if you don't have a good system, it's a real headache to work with that kind of like multi-currency, multi-subsidiary environment. And, and of, of course, we also have, a, because we manufacture the units, if you think 130 plus countries, there's a lot of different regulations, network, uh, uh, mobile phone networks, and, and so on. So we need a lot of different hardware to different countries. Uh, we operate in multiple carriers, you know, UPS, DHL, FedEx, these kind of things, and and, and uh, they bring their own own set of challenges. So, so I, I guess it's the whole whole business business and delivery cycle that we have been able to enhance, enhance quite dramatically with our good good uh, ERP implementation and. About the flexibility still, I can say that I'm not lying, but I think almost every day there's new configuration going into the, our environment. So that might sound bit strange, but our business is changing so rapidly that every day we do configuration changes or automatization yeah. to our platform. Uh, I don't know, Riku, if you see that with other clients so much. But yeah, that's the common way that that because of course it, it depends that wh- where where you are as a company, but uh, usually uh, most most uh, or mo- many 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 pe- persons are asking that when the implementation is is done or when the ERP is 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 completed. So the answer is that never. So it is the same question that you can you can. Uh, Ask that when when the company's uh, homepage or web pages are 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 complete completed, so they are never because it has to be, it's it's changing changing every day with with your business. So 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 it is that that you 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 have to kind of the ERP development is there every every day if if your business is is going somewhere. So. Yeah, that's a good point. And I, I also had those funny conversations. Maybe they were not funny then, but you know, typically your decision makers, like our CEO was asking that when is the CRM ready? When is the ERP ready? And kind of answer, I tried to answer that never, <laughs> but yeah. they don't like that answer. But of course, then a sensible man would say that, you know, the, there is the first implementation that, you know, is ready by X and it costs something. But through this, like like Riku said, it's never ready. It's constantly evolving piece, and it needs. To, of course, the evolution needs to be managed. But it, you're right. Maybe traditionally, ERP implementations were ready, and that was that. But nowadays, it's every day changing. Yeah, the most important thing is that as a customer, so when you implement the first phase, it 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 is that then the supplier is the kind of the boss in the implementation that they should know what they are doing and they know the system and customer not but in the implementation and after go live the first phase customer should be should take the charge of the ERP should should kind of take the uh, 
attitude that this is for us and we bought this for us and and they they should take take that in that that from from the first first day in go live with new system it should be that the partner and the supplier for the ERP and the customer they are the same team that they are going the same direction not that that, that the customer is is uh, waiting that the supplier is to, doing all, all the work that's i think if you want to be successful in your own own ERP as a customer you you should take that that in your own hands yeah that's true It sounds like you have been able to solve many challenges with the ERP system. I have understood that within the ERP implementations, it's also essential to choose the right kind of ERP partner so that the co- cooperation can work smoothly on both sides. Riku, why is this so important and how does a company easily find a proper partner? How do they ensure that the ERP implementation partner is the right one for their specific needs? Yeah, that's not not the easiest easiest part of part of of course as a, as a customer that how you find the, the right one. But of course you need to need to look look around a lot. You need to kind of discuss with other companies, and you need to need to uh, see what other has done but of course like in business that you need you don't you don't need to follow follow uh, just what others are doing but but uh, taking lots of uh, experiences in different kind of kind of companies around and uh, one thing is that you have to find uh, not the right of course the right ERP system but the right partner in business wise that who has who has uh, the most most things to give uh, to the business and and who are in the long term partner also because the technical side is of of course uh, is the important one but that's not the only one so you you really i think the good partner has also the business process knowledgement finance side is really important but also the technical side so the one 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 partner can can help in many many things so then 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 and also the also the partner when good partner when they can help customers in many areas they they really can do that because they they get all the knowledge knowledge in in in, in many sides uh, but in my personal opinion i think that you 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 can or what you what you can or or is really important to discuss with different providers and and uh, also test the providers that how they uh, what kind of team they they are and and also that that uh, uh, nothing bad with kind of uh, players that are doing the uh, definition project separately But the problem is in that sense that if you kind of order a big project that somebody is uh, defining the business processes without any any implementation is that they if that 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 partner has not are not responsible of the implementation side so they they don't need to implement that what they have defined that might be a problem so I prefer that you 
you take the also the definition side for the processes from the partners that also do the implementations. But of course, you don't need by the implementation in, in in the first place. But that is that is one one thing that that I have seen many many times that that companies have spent lots of time with different definition projects and they have lots of uh, amazing processes, future processes uh, defined and it's the paper, but those processes are really expensive or not possible to implement in, in any platform. So that is the problem. So you need also take look on the system side that what different platforms are are providing kind of in 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 standard standard ways so you you don't because you many companies they can really harmonize their own processes to match modern modern ERP uh, processes so so because you, companies are not that unique in if comparing to others there's some some <laughs> some opinions on that Well, what about you, Esa? What kind of matters did you consider at Happy or Not while choosing ERP and its proper implementing implementing partner by your side? Yeah, that's a broad question. I'll try to keep it short, but but yeah, I, I think uh, of course our company was unique, you know, broad company, uh, growing at high high speed, so. So my answers are not fit to everyone else. But basically one one thing was that uh, because I, well, where should I start? What I want to say that first thing is important that if, if you have chosen the right modern ERP platform, you, you can then avoid the vendor lock. So whatever partner you actually choose, you can change it later. So that's the first step if you choose. Wrong ERP, you're locked with the vendors. You don't have the luxury of changing them. So that's the first step before even changing, choosing the partner that you have the right technology. That that helps you, helps you sleep at night better. Uh, one thing I checked personally that uh, can the company offer like multiple services. Uh, like for for us you know we wanted that you know there's the technical know-how of ERPs but they also provide accounting services bookkeeping services sometimes HR is needed you know to pay salaries or some some other help then then also that if, if we need some like a financial help sparring that that will that will help so You need to check those other services that they provide. If they are, if, if you only need a technical implementation partner, that's fine as well. But we, we wanted the company could offer more. And uh, I have my own own kind of uh, things how I find partners partners in. And one thing is, for example, that golden rule that if if the partner is like difficult in the beginning, you know things don't flow smoothly, the conversations are difficult and, you know, chemistries don't match. Quite often, if if you order the thing, you know, they don't, the relationship doesn't work after the initial discussion. So you, you need to trust your first feeling about the partner. And what I like, especially in growth companies, that if the partner starts discussing 
technical challenges, how to solve them, what to do next, what to do after the initial implementation. That is really nice because then you see that we are you know, solving the challenges from the day one. Whereas if the partner is like, how do I say, starting to discuss about these like boring, nasty things that I personally don't like to hear in the first meeting, like SLAs, who's responsible of what and what's the contract text and it's like anticipating conflict and resolving conflict. I understand if you're a different company like Wärtsilä, then probably the lawyers are discussing like two months and, and that's important. But if you're a growth company, you're just trying to survive and grow. So that's why let's keep the focus on the like growing the business and solving the technical matters. So I think that's a huge, huge thing for me when I choose a partner. And, and one thing also like, um, like what I see is like the division. So uh, many times if, if you know the company can provide different services, but if the language is like that, you know, we are department A and we don't know how the department B is doing and then there's department C and maybe we work with some external vendor in different countries and it's really seamless, but we don't really know how they're working. You can sense that it's maybe a bit divisive. The experience will be divisive, divisive when, when you operate with them. So that, that's also a small red flag for me that how how like how they know their other functions and divisions are you getting like service holistically or is it is it like separated in different uh, divisions and of course one thing is important that what are the other clients are they really big big players or maybe in different industries or same industries so it always helps if they have a, like a growth companies that like like yourself so they know a bit Bit your industries and of course reference checks are good that can you get like phone numbers and call the clients how they have been served and etc so those those are important but uh, yeah I, I think there was a few tips on how I selected and we select the partners in, in general yeah and I think that's that's really good point in that sense that that the vendor lock is is really important that you have to choose or it's good to choose the platform that that you know that you can use several different players in, in that, that that is that general the the, the ERP and of, of course that that it's in in any relationship that that the kind of chemistry of two two teams it's really important because because how I see that how the ERP or the really good partnership is working that that we are we are working as a one team not not as a supplier and 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 against the customer or, or opposite wise so that that is like like you said that the first feeling of 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 the partner it's it's in in many sense the the most important thing that what kind of feeling you have have with with the partner yeah and good point and it is actually sounds a bit stupid but only on the older age, I realized that some wise guy said that actually the most important part of the negotiations is actually implementation. It sounds a bit strange, but it means that you can get a very good paper, you know, contract, very good price, etc. But the implementation is bad. Or you can maybe, I don't know, make a compromise here, maybe it costs a bit more, 5% more, 
but the implementation is great. But actually, the implementation is what you are looking for, and the long-term implementation. So sometimes we focus on the kind of negotiation, getting a good deal in paper, but what that matters is the implementation. Yes. So yeah, that is the really important thing because, of course, if you do ERP for free, it could be really, really, it it really can mess your business totally, and and also if if the It's really expensive implementation could do the same, but the most important thing is the end result of that, how, how things are, has been improved. Yeah. Okay, so now we know how to find the right ERP partner and why it is so important. But what happens next? How do we start to lead our team towards this profound and unique change? Esa, could you tell us how to how the ERP was implemented and where there are several individuals involved in the process? Yeah, so I, I guess we didn't have a typical ERP implementation because we had a strong team internally. So I think we had three or for people, you know, internally, you know, people who can configure and do, do coding and integration work. So this was before COVID. COVID, so we actually worked physically with Christoph's best experts, you know, actually even on the same physical space. So we were kind of iterating and, and implementing the systems together. So it was not like that this traditional way that specifications and then three months later the vendor comes and presents the results but because our integrations were so complex so we needed to iterate and, and work together with, with GreenStep and it worked very well and what we learned also that many things can work in a paper that you know we just integrate A to B with this method but when you actually try and test it out it's many times just surprises and challenges and technical things don't work as they're supposed to work, so you need to improvise there. So for small companies, this kind of agile improvised methods are quite quite good, but um, yeah, Christoph was quite flexible flexible in these, these manners, so, so we work together in the same space, physically or, or virtually, so it was a good experience overall. Uh, Rico, how does this sound to you? Is this an average example of the implementation or is there something you would like to add? Yeah, it's uh, it's the way that, of course, it depends of the company and how, how is the thing. So in, 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 in one, and, and one challenge is for all the ERP suppliers is that how you kind of sell Uh, the idea of the implementation method that how you are doing the implementation how you can how you get the customer understand that customer understand that this is how we how we want to do this and and this is the way of working and how we follow up progress and budget and so on so that's the one big thing also the in the implementation uh, process but in in with with the happy or not case that I think this was the only way to get everything working because because that's like as I said that you can you can make uh, three to four months uh, definitions that this is how it should go but uh, there is so many variables because you have 
different systems and you you have to rely on many systems and and suppliers that that it is only way to test and iterate that and see really how it works and and also that customers they they don't exactly know how things should work before they see it and and then they can also see the other way around that how how the system systems are built to work so it might be also the solution but of course you need to have some kind of definitions but it could be also high level that this is target where we are going and we have the budget and and then we really follow up that in agile way we for example weekly basis that how many hours we are spending in, in which and then we steer the ship together with customer that that what what is affecting in 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 what way but this is the uh, companies like Happy or not, I think this is the best way to do it. And that you 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 uh, build the platform as fast as you can, up and running, in testing mode and iteration mode. So you can really start iterating with with your own data and so on, and you see see the results. Uh, this is the quite common way in in our way also uh, that that uh, we do. But of course, there is some really straightforward. Uh, cases also that that company has been working in the same way several years and the processes are quite quite clear and 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 simple so of course they might be really fast and and predictable implementations also but it varies but but this kind of agile way way is or we have our own hybrid way but it's the uh, best way to get also the end users understand that how things are working when 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 you see see the results really fast Esa the order backlog must be a vital function for happy or not when you deliver a product worldwide right is the ERP system able to influence the management of order backlogs in any way Yeah, definitely. So as I said, we are in a unique space in a sense that we also deliver this kind of physical goods in addition to the SaaS service that, that we provide. And, and and we have quite sophisticated manufacturing systems um, there to for, for this to do, do the job. So a couple of examples. So as we operate in you know, over 130 countries. So if you imagine that you ship, you are selling the same thing to your European customer or US customer or, or others, the actual actual like manufacturing or the parts within the system needs to be different for each region. And that this should happen automatically. So, so we have quite complex systems that uh, choose what to ship depending where, where it's sold. And also like you can think that as, as some of our deployments they're like over 300 terminal shipments at times. We need to have like automatic systems to select the best carriers. Like is it if it's in Canada, is it like UPS, DHL, FedEx, is, is it, is, which one is the best? Maybe in US it's a different thing. And also the kind of customs clearance for those those countries can be automated and so so and, and of course like 
recently there has been like a shortage of parts and chips, you know, then you might need to like change your bundle in a rapid manner to in order to deliver things. So, you know, there's a lot of things, at least in our process, uh, that can benefit of good ERP, good configuration uh, methods. And of course, also you are bringing new products all the time in market. So ERP can influence the way, the like a speed or how fast you can configure new hardware bundles into the system. So, so definitely ERP is influencing like a uh, delivery space. Today at GreenStep brand new podcast season ERP Wizards. We have had the honor to talk with Riku Venno, GreenStep's own ERP expert, partner and head of NetSuite, as well as Esa Vasara, the director of business services at Happy or Not. We have got really good know-how on the practices within a new ERP implementation. What to consider and why. A lot of interesting tips has also been discussed, like the importance when starting to lead a team towards this profound and fantastic change, and how it in a positive way is affecting the company's environment. For a closing uh, this discussion, we would still like to hear your opinions, Riku and Esa, to one more question. What new and more Most relevant, do you think the future will bring to a successful ERP implementation? Maybe Riku could start. Yeah, thanks. Uh, yeah, I think the, of course, the ERP implementation, the ERP itself. I think it would. That this is only my opinion, but I see the change of of how ERPs are working in the future. I think that that it will be uh, kind of changing the way of usage of, of ERP that I think that in the future pe- people, most of the people are not using ERP in ERP at all. So ERP is the en- engine behind the scenes that, that all the data is is correct and all the processes are auditable, auditable and and how you and and as less or or how That, that you use ERP uh, as as less as possible, and and all the processes are most of the processes are are automated. So so there is lots of uh, artificial intelligence that handles all the, for example, invoicing processes and so on. So you you just just use uh, uh, the, the, your business critical things, and and those might have some different uh, user interfaces and so on. So I think the role of ERP will will change more more to the background. It will be uh, even more important than today, but but it, it I think the usage for for the ERP will be will be uh, not not so heavy as now. And also the implementation side, I think that that it will concentrate uh, more more in the automation and how you automate in different roles in, in the business environment. Esa, how do you think this will affect the growth of Happy or Not? 
Yeah, I think it was good good response on something I haven't been haven't thought before. But I, I see this same change in in like internet and CRMs, etc. So people necessarily don't want to use like CRM or ERP or internet. They, whereas employees just want to get the job done. And uh, like I think this really really nice. The employees are more happy that they can use good good interfaces, good systems, automated systems, and, and the systems are flexible, flexible in a sense, sense that we, we can just configure them and and, and, and I think it, it benefits the business. And of course, personally, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy that it seems that uh, there's always work for us IT guys in the future because uh, it seems that, you know, the amount of amount of integrations, etc., uh, goes goes up all the all the time, and there's always need for us. But yeah, yeah, I think it sounds sounds good. Yeah, and I think that 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 ERP role is kind of uh, give input to users and give the data to analyze. So I think that will be the bigger bigger role in the future. Amazing! This is a great way to end today's talk. Thank you so much for both of you for your time to visit us today and the interesting viewpoints you brought to us regarding the key to a successful ERP implementation, Riku and Esa. We at GreenStep wish you and all our listeners a wonderful springtime with a lot of success. See you on next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Next week, we will talk about building a successful ERP implementation team with our development manager Jan Björklund. We hope you like our new content and please let us know if you have any specific questions for the expert at greenstep.com pod. You can find us on our socials, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You will find out handles in the show notes.